the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, thank you for tuning in, and Merry Christmas to all of you. My name is Joshua Sasso, and you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. I am so excited to be speaking with you this Christmas season, because you know what? It's just such a great time to be celebrating the birth of Jesus and all of the good things that God is doing in our lives. Let us remember to continually praise God and thank Him for the gift of His Son, and the many promises that he's promised for us. You know, the Christmas season, it was such a miraculous event, the birth of Jesus. I mean, God did something so unprecedented. He came down and lived as a man amongst his creation. He humbled himself, laid aside his godhood, and he had to deal with the same problems that we had to deal with, right? He had to get hungry, he had to get thirsty, all kinds of things that when you're immortal and have all the power and have all the authority, it's a huge, huge, immense limitation that we can't even possibly fathom. Right? Imagine God never gets tired, never gets hungry, never loses focus, never gets thirsty, and now suddenly he's in a body and he's got to deal with all these problems that we're dealing with every day. But God was willing to do it for you and for me. And that's such a marvelous thing and something worthy of thanking and praising God for. And so we're going to be talking a little bit about the events that led to the very first Christmas, the birth of Jesus. But before we get into this, I want to remind you all, if you haven't yet registered for the prophetic gathering of the saints, you're going to want to do it. This is the last week that you can register for the prophetic gathering this December 31st. So if you want to attend, go to our website, SOGMI.org events. We have registration tickets available for both in-person and online attendance. And let me tell you, every year, God always reveals new, exciting prophetic words to the nations and to the body and to the people that are attending individually as well. It really is a unique experience and let me tell you, many of the prophetic words from last year, we've been witnessing that manifest this year. And so it's such an exciting thing, all the things that God is doing. So go to our website, SOGMI.org events and register for the Prophetic Gathering of the Saints this December 31st. So in leading up to the birth of Jesus, there were a number of people that received a word from God, right? We know Mary received a word from God. We knew Joseph received a word from God. But not only that, but some of the relatives of Mary, Zechariah and Elizabeth, an angel appeared before them and they received a word from God. And each of these things 
that they were being told was something that seemed so impossible. Something that seemed like it could never possibly happen. And a lot of times when God speaks to us, sometimes when we try to think about it and reason about it in the natural, it seems impossible. It seems like something that, no, 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 it couldn't possibly happen. Like, how could this possibly come to be? And in those times, we have to remind ourselves who God is, and we have to choose to take an attitude of faith. We have to choose, you know what? If God said this, then let every man be a liar and let God be true, right? I'm going to take God's word as truth. And all of the great men and women of the Bible, when God spoke to them, they took his word as truth and they acted on it. We need to choose to be the same. It's so interesting because in these events leading up to the birth of Jesus, you see a contrast between those who have faith in God and those maybe who doubt or have unbelief. I want us to turn to Luke chapter 1. In the story leading up to Jesus' birth, as I mentioned before, we have this couple who are relatives of Mary, Zechariah and Elizabeth. Now, Zechariah and Elizabeth they were kind of getting older in years. They've been trying to have a kid for a long time and they weren't having any success. Okay, Elizabeth could not conceive. And they had been praying about it and they were trying. They really desperately wanted a child, but they could not conceive. And they were starting to get old, so maybe that hope was falling away. So one day when Zechariah was serving as part of the priesthood, he went into the temple and an angel of the Lord appeared before him. And this is what it says in Luke chapter 1, verse 11. It says, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a great joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice in his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drinks, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedience to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, this is something that is amazing, and God does this a lot of the time. So here, they were praying and believing they really wanted a child. But God, when he came and delivered it for them, not only did they get a child, but they received this amazing word about the kind of person that John was going to be. He's going to have the spirit of Elijah. The Spirit of the Lord is going to be upon him, and he's going to prepare Israel for the Lord. Okay, so not only is their wish going to be fulfilled, but their son is going to be a great and mighty man of God. The kind of caliber that's now gone down in the history books. And this is something that God does, right? Sometimes we have like a simple desire, a simple need. God has this way. When he brings things to you, it ends up being greater than you imagined. It ends up being better than you imagined because that's how good God is, right? So here, Zechariah was receiving this amazing news, something that should make you jump for joy, 
right? But this was his response. It says in verse 18, Zechariah asked the angel, Well, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. So the first thing that he says is one of cynicism and doubt. I don't know about this, God. I mean, we've been trying for a couple years, right? I mean, I'm getting old. She's getting old. I don't really know if I can believe that this is going to happen. We need to be very careful. We need to watch our mouths that we don't speak unbelief, especially when God is sharing good news with us, okay? So the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And you now will be silent, and you will not be able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. So he had to shut him up, right? You're not going to speak any more words of unbelief. And let me tell you, it's far better for you to be silent than to speak words that run contrary to the word of God. And we should remember that next time God reveals a word to us, we should take on an attitude of faith, right? So he had to be silent because we know how the story goes. Later on, Elizabeth, she does become pregnant and the word that God said manifested just as he said it would. God's word, whenever he says something is going to happen, that will surely come to pass. So here we have Zechariah receive this amazing good news, and he responded with cynicism, doubt, and unbelief. Now I want to compare that to the way that Mary responded when Gabriel appeared before her. It says in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. So again, this is impossible news, right? And Mary asks, How will this be? because I'm a virgin. Now, understand, Mary was not responding with a form of cynicism. She was responding kind of in a form of awe. How could this possibly be, right? As opposed to, how can I be sure this will happen? Which was what Zechariah's words were. And the angel tells her, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who is said to be unable to conceive, is now in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. And that is so true, guys. And now, this is what I want us to take on the attitude of. Look at how Mary responds. Verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left. So her attitude was, whatever you say is going to happen, may it happen to me as you've said it. 
This is the attitude of faith that we need to take on, right? As soon as the angel said, no, no, it doesn't matter that you're a virgin. It doesn't matter that these things are impossible. The Holy Spirit's going to make it happen, right? As soon as that happened, Mary said, well, then may it be done unto me as you've said. That is the attitude of faith that we need to take on. And the amazing thing is that right after the angel leaves her, Mary goes to confirm God's word. It says in the next verse, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. Why? She was going to find Elizabeth. The angel said, hey, Elizabeth is now pregnant. She's six months pregnant, even though she was supposed to be barren. So Mary said, okay, well, that's my sign. I'm going to go confirm the word of God. She didn't even bother contacting her fiance, by the way, right? She didn't tell Joseph what was going on. She went straight to go see Elizabeth. So it says, at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you bear. Why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. See, why is Mary blessed? Because she believed that God would fulfill his promises to her. We, the church, need to be that kind of person where when God makes a promise, we believe it. It doesn't matter the circumstances. It doesn't matter any of our past experiences. It doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense at all. It doesn't matter what anybody says. If God promised it to me, then I believe it's going to happen. And this is the kind of faith that led to the birth of Jesus. This is why God picked Mary, because she was a woman of great faith. You have to understand how impossible what God was telling her was. Yes, you're going to become pregnant even though you've never been with a man. And so this is what Mary says. Joy wells up within her and she begins to sing a song of glory to God. It says, And then Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. And you see, the reason why I point this out to you is because, look at this, for Mary, everything that the angel said was real to her, right? She was saying, man, God, pick this lowly servant nobody, right? I am so joyful because I was a nobody. And now all future generations, they're going to look at my life and they're going to say, wow, she was blessed by God. The hand of the Lord was upon her. They're going to call me blessed. Because look at what she says, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. It was real to her, guys. She believed what God said was going to happen in her life. And so she knew that people are going to look back in the annals of history. They're going to see her life. They're going to see what God did in her life. And they're going to say, wow, she truly was blessed by God. We have to believe the word of the Lord. And understand, for many in the body of Christ, God has opened the door to immense opportunities. 
opportunities in the arts and entertainment industry, opportunities in the political sector, technology, engineering, education, because God intends for the body of Christ to transform those nations. We're going to completely take over these industries and turn them to God. And when that happens, people are going to look at our lives and they're going to say, wow, the hand of the Lord was upon those people. We have to believe God and we have to act accordingly. This is what Mary did. She really believed God. And she was willing to risk it all. But in this story, Mary was not the only one of great faith. Her husband Joseph was also a man of immense faith. Because we have to understand the kind of circumstances that this is all happening in. Both Joseph and Mary are betrothed to each other, right? They're going to be married very soon. And now God threw a huge wrench in their plans. Before Mary got married, God said, you're going to become pregnant and conceive a son, right? You're going to give birth to the son of God. She's not married, guys, <laughs> okay? And so now, maybe they were thinking about honeymoon plans. Maybe they're thinking about where they were going to go, how they were going to spend their early married years together. Now, all that's out the window. Now they got to take care of a baby. Forget honeymoon, right? God threw a wrench in their plans. And you have to think about what this is like for Joseph. You see, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, Joseph didn't know this, right? Nobody else knew this. And you have to understand what it must be like for Joseph. Because if you're engaged to a woman, and then suddenly you discover that she's pregnant, your first thought is not going to be, oh, she must have gotten conceived by the Holy Spirit. No, your thought is, oh, she cheated on me. And now you feel humiliated as a man. You feel disgraced, right? Like you've just been betrayed. And surely this is what was going through Joseph's head. So it says in verse 19, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. See, so even though in his mind, all of the circumstances and all of his mindset pointed to the fact that Mary was unfaithful to him, that she had cheated on him with somebody else, and now he was disgraced, right? It's very easy to feel ashamed in a situation like that. But Joseph was not a vindictive man. He said, okay, I'm just going to divorce her quietly so that she's not going to be exposed to public disgrace. Even though, in the natural, he had every right to be angry about this. Then in verse 20, it says, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. You have to put yourself in Joseph's situation. 
you're thinking, oh, she's pregnant. She cheated on me. And now, as soon as Joseph heard the word of God, no, this is not the case. She conceived through the Holy Spirit. He immediately obeyed the angel. And you have to understand, you have to think of the social connotations too, right? What if word of this gets out? What if people find out about this, that she got pregnant before she was married? There's going to be rumors. How am I going to explain this to other people? And let's be real. A lot of times dealing with those rumors and speculations from other people, they're scary and you get embarrassed and you don't want to deal with it. But as soon as Joseph received confirmation from the angel that this was from God, he immediately obeyed. And he said, okay, then God's going to take care of this. So he married Mary and took her home as his wife. But it says in verse 25, but he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. And you have to understand, guys, we really have to put ourselves in the perspective of Mary and Joseph. In this scenario, they were greatly inconvenienced by the plan of God, right? Leading up to their marriage day, they might have been thinking about what their honeymoon was going to look like. They might have been thinking about what their wedding night was going to look like. But now, Joseph, out of respect for the Lord, he said, No, even though I've married her now, I'm going to wait the nine months until Jesus is born before I lie with her. This is the kind of faith and the kind of reverence that Joseph and Mary had. We really had to put ourselves in these kinds of situations. Because the truth is, the vast majority of us, if we were put in the same scenarios of Joseph and Mary, we wouldn't have faith in God. We'd be cynical. We'd be doubtful. We'd be afraid of the rumors of man, the opinions of man, and maybe how that they perceive you. We'd be afraid of how people might interpret certain events, and we would be inclined to disobey God. This is the reason why God chose Mary and Joseph, because both of them had immense faith and a reverence for God. And this is the reason why we're still studying about their life to this day. And now we look back at their life and we see how God used them so mightily. And these were all the events that led up to the eventual birth of Jesus. It was through immense faith of both Mary and Joseph that the manifestations of God coming to earth as a man manifested. We need to choose to be a people of immense faith. You got to take on that attitude of faith where you decide you're going to cast aside all of the cares of the world, all the opinions of man, all the traditions of man, and you're going to decide I'm going to obey God and I'm going to believe God. And because I believe in God's promises, I'm going to be blessed. And the future generations, they're going to call me blessed because I obeyed God and believed him. And what's so interesting is that in this story, the one who learns this lesson is actually Zechariah. Because what happens is that when Elizabeth gives birth to the baby, it says in Luke chapter 1 verse 57, when it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, There is no one among your relatives who has that name. 
What does this tell us? Well, it means that probably in this tribe, it was tradition that the firstborn son take on the name of the father, right? That was the family tradition, maybe the cultural tradition or the religious tradition of that time. But it says in verse 62, when they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child, he asked for a writing tablet. And to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free and he began to speak praising God. Okay, notice this. As soon as the baby was born and he aligned his words with the word of God, he was able to speak again. Okay, but the reason why I show you the story is because look, God's instructions ran contrary to the family traditions of Zechariah. Okay, in the case of Mary and Joseph, God's instructions ran contrary to what is actually possible in the natural. And not only that, it ran contrary to where you might be afraid of what people might perceive it if word gets out. So I'll leave you with this. Take on the attitude of faith, trust in God with all of your heart, all of your might, and lean not on your own understanding. That is what we have to do. And these are the circumstances that led up to the birth of Jesus Christ. Well, I'm out of time for this week. So I want to say God bless you all and Merry Christmas to all of you until next time. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. We really hope you were blessed by today's episode. And if you were, we want to hear from you. You can call us at 210-695-1630 or you can email us at sogmi at outlook.com. That's S-O-G-M-I at outlook.com. And we really encourage you to visit our website, sogmi.org. That is S-O-G-M-I.org. That's where you can listen to previous episodes of this podcast and even support this podcast. We're supported by listeners just like you. So if you want to support this ministry, you can go to SOGMI.org and hit the donate button. You can also send a check to P.O. Box. 1579 Lotus, Texas 78023. Again, that is Heal Box 1579 Lotus, Texas 78023. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.